This podcast was recorded a few months ago, um, long before any of the recent events surrounding George Floyd occurred. We want to take a minute to acknowledge the situation and offer our condolences. George's death is extremely heartbreaking. No one should have to endure the injustice he did. We will be doing a full episode on this in the next podcast, but we wanted to let you know that we fully support the Black Lives Matter movement. At the end of the episode, we will be inserting a pre-recorded ad, and 100% of the proceeds the ad generates will be going directly to the Black Lives Matter Fund. Thank you, and we hope you enjoy this special interview with Lauren Gray. Hey everyone, welcome back to Teenage Therapy. I'm Gael. I'm Thomas. And I'm Lauren. Special guest, yeah. we have Lauren Gray. Uh, a lot of you probably know who she Hi. is. How are you, Lauren? I'm good, I'm thanks. Good. How's your week been? My week, uh, well, today kind of sucked because the weather's really bad. But other than okay. that, good, just good. working on music. Oh, I'm sure you must be so busy, right? Yeah, I wish there was, I was just talking about last night that I wish there were more hours in the day because there's just so much to get done and yeah. Yeah, it's funny because we just went, you know, you just, we just lost an hour. Yeah. So that's not good. I mean, I know you're super busy with like work and all that. I'm curious, do you do like all this alone? Do you have your parents with you? Um, well, my parents are definitely very supportive. Um, but I do do I do pretty much everything on my own. Really? Are they yeah. are they with you in LA? Um, no. So now oh. that I'm coming up on eighteen, you know, my dad was by himself at home, so my mom kinda went back there and yeah, but I don't mind it. I mean... Did you get used to it? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I have my dog. I have friends, so it's not... I don't really think about it much. And I visit, and they visit, mm-hmm. so... Mm-hmm. So you've always been independent? Yeah, Yeah, I feel like I've always been pretty independent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've I've done a lot of things on my own. Pretty much everything I've done has been on my own. So I don't really rely on a whole lot of people. I mean, mm-hmm. you know... <laughs> so when did you... Because what would you say your career is right now? Where it is or yeah, what, like it, what is. it is. Like, you describe yourself as a musician or... Um, I feel like I'm in a kind of a transitional period, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, in my yeah. life where I kind of hit this... I don't even want to say it was a wall because it was more of, you know, a moment of growth where I really accepted myself as an artist because I feel like it was hard for me to do that previously because, you know, I come from the influencer world mm-hmm. um, and it took a lot of time for me to... Um, feel comfortable as an artist and to feel good enough as an artist because, you know, there's this preconceived notion that you can't, if you're an influencer, you can't be a musician because you have no talent. And I feel like that's so false. (laughs) You know, everyone works hard in their own respect. And I feel like I've worked really hard over the past couple of years to even accept myself in that space, um, which is always step number one, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, and now it's, to get other people to see what I can do. See you what know? you can do, right. Yeah. You feel like you have to prove yourself? Um, yeah, I do. I feel like there's more pressure for sure than if I was just, you know, born an amazing singer and happened to become a musician and signed to a label. It I definitely had a a head start mm-hmm. with my following, but what people don't understand is when you're coming into the music space from any other space, whether you're an actor or whatever, you're starting from square one. So you have to gain people's respect in a different light, um, which can be difficult for sure. Right. Because you started 
your, I guess your internet career when you were what, like 13? Yeah. So I started uh, social media as a whole when I was 13. Really? Why did you start? So it was an accident. I was posting on Musical.ly and I didn't know that it was a platform in mm -hmm. itself. Uh, I was using it to, you know, post videos to my Instagram and for my friends and, you know, it was fun. And then I started gaining followers on my Instagram and I didn't know where they were coming from. And then I realized that it was from Musical.ly. And then I started posting and, you know, was consistent with it and really mm. grew to like it and creating content. So you basically have spent like your teenage years in the spotlight, right? Yeah. What's that like? Um, you know, I, I don't really think about it often because I don't really know anything different. You know what I, I mean? Oh, that's true. You I don't really, I don't, yeah, I don't really have a normal life that I can compare it to because it's really all I know mm -hmm. is working and, you know, uploading and working and working. So when I see my friends who have just graduated and they're not working like every day and they're hanging out with their friends, I'm like, what are you doing? You need to be working. But that's all I know. Yeah. Do you ever feel like you missed out on like the so-called high school experience of like football games, prom, all that? My high school wasn't the best. It wasn't it wasn't the right thing for me. I think even if I were to stay in school, I don't think I would have lasted. Uh, I never been a person to have a bunch of friends and I've never been a person who really cares for the experience. So I I honestly don't think that I I missed out personally for me. But you know, I wouldn't have traded the life that I have for that. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, it's I just, I just know what I know. Hmm. I want to ask you, because I think you did a live stream. I'm not sure how long ago, but you were talking about like um, how the industry has a very perceived percep perception of how like you should be, right? Right. And um, do you think that affects the way you see, like, for example, your body and your, you know, attractiveness and physical features? 100%. I think yeah. that's the thing that I struggle with the most. Really? Um, Especially with eating, you know, I, cause I started so young, even before social media came into the picture, I was, um, modeling. So I had a modeling agent, um, who was very hard on me and he would call me and be like, what are you doing? And if I was like, I'm drinking a glass of milk, he'd be like, why are you doing that? Scream at me. Thirteen. And I was 13. I wasn't even 13 That's yet. So I was 12. Oh my gosh. So, um, at one point I was like, only eating rice cakes and I was 12 and, you know, no milk, no nothing, just rice cakes, water, rice cakes, water. And it got to the point where I was in the shower one day and I passed out in the shower and hit my head on like the knob of the shower. And after that, my mom was like, okay, this isn't cool. Um, cause I also internalize a lot of things. So my parents aren't always aware of, you know, what I'm really thinking and what's really going on. And I've always been pretty skinny, especially when I was younger. So after that whole situation, I was like, you know, I'm over it. Like, I don't, I'm not doing this anymore. And my interest kind of grew away from modeling. But then social media happened and that's a whole nother battle in itself. Right. So I started social media and I did my first social media tour. I was so excited. And there's a point when you're a female where you can't eat whatever you want anymore and get away with it. And I hit that point without realizing it. And I gained 
a lot of weight for me. And I didn't realize it because I was on tour. You're not really active. You know, you're eating a lot. Kids bring candy and, you know, stuff like that to the meet and greet. And I gained a bunch of weight. And I didn't, I didn't realize it in the moment because when you're gaining the weight and you're a kid, you're not really paying attention to it uh, until I got home. And I remember right when I got off tour, I went live on You Now, back when that was a thing. <laughs> I went live on You Now, and someone commented that I was fat. And I'd never heard that before. And that really hit because I was like, oh, my gosh, I've never been fat. And so that started a whole spiral in itself. And not only that, but when I came home from tour, my pants didn't fit anymore. And it was like all these things were happening at once. So I was having this struggle, but I didn't really know what to do about it. So a year later, I ended up moving to L.A. And that's when things really went downhill because when you move to LA, you know, you're surrounded by all these beautiful people and all these people who look so unreal and they're so fit and they're so gorgeous. And it's all smoke and mirrors, but I was like, I'm going to lose weight. Like I watched all these YouTube videos on how to lose weight. And I was like, I'm done being fat. Like, even though I wasn't fat, that's what I thought in my head. Cause one person said it. And I'm sure the live stream is still out there somewhere where I look at the comment and I go, I'm fat. Like I couldn't believe it. Mm -hmm. So I moved to LA and I started exercising, which I'd never really gotten into before. I played sports, but I'd never really exercised, but I took that way too far. I would work out for like two hours in the morning, two hours at night, you know, run, go take a class, come back, run again. And I had this really weird thing where I would eat a banana at 12 and I would eat an acai bowl I would go for as long as I could and then eat an acai bowl if I was like, couldn't take it anymore. And then I would go to sleep. Are you serious? So there was like no break. And also, you know, Postmates is so easy. No one really knew what I was eating. Mm -hmm. So I would just Postmates the acai bowl. And then there was a gym in my apartment building. So I would just keep going. How long did that last? That was about, I want to say like a year and a half of that. And I would have, if we went out to like a restaurant, I would have like, you know, one meal, but like one meal a day. And that was it. And I would know exactly how many calories were in that meal. And I would burn double that. So it was really unhealthy. I lost a lot of weight, but not in a healthy way. And it was mm-hmm. not something that I could keep up in the, in the long run. And I also think through that process, I developed, you know, a case of body dysmorphia where no matter how skinny I was, I still thought I was fat. So, and I still have problems with that. Like I still, it's still something that I think about, but I also had, you know, people and boyfriends in my life who'd be like, you should be a model. And when people tell me you should be a model, that makes me think I need to lose weight. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it was a lot of constant struggle. And I think that up until recently, I was like, you know what, it is what it is. I'm going to eat what I want. Obviously, you have to be healthy, but there comes a point where you can't keep up anymore. And I think me being so busy really helped with that because I didn't have time to sit there and work my ass off in the gym and, you know, eat nothing. Because when you have nothing to do and you have all that time to focus on what you're eating, because at the time it was the only thing that I could control. Right. You know, I can't control how many likes I get and I can't control how many followers I get in the day or, you know what the weather is, but I can control what my body looks like and what I put into it. Mm -hmm. And that was a lot of it for me. But, you know, it's been a long time coming for sure. How long did, like, when did you get out of this and how how did you get out of it? 
So I, in October was probably, this October Mm -hmm. was probably the most difficult month of my life. There were so many things happening and none of them were good. And I ordered Panda Express. And this is kind of the moment where I was like, okay. I ordered Panda Express. I ate it all really fast. That's another thing that I did a lot. I would binge eat like Mm -hmm. really bad. And then I would feel so guilty about it and not eat like anything for the next three days. So I had Panda Express and it was definitely one of those nights where I was like binge eating like crazy. Mm -hmm. And then I went to the bathroom and I made myself throw up. After I made myself throw up, I was like, I can't believe I just did that. I felt so guilty about what I just ate. And then I tried to rationalize it. I was like, no, you know, it made me feel sick. It didn't make me feel sick. I was just full Mm -hmm. and I didn't like the way it felt. And I'd never done that before. I was always restrictive with my eating, but I'd never like made myself throw up over a meal. Mm -hmm. And after that, I was like, I can't do this because this is going to spiral. You know, everyone has different body types and things like that. And I had an idea of what I wanted mine to be. And I realized that that's just not obtainable for me. Um, Some girls are just naturally really skinny. Some girls are naturally really fit, fast metabolisms. I'm not one of them Mm -hmm. and I never will be. I can work hard to get there, but I don't have the time of day. So it came with a lot of acceptance and I had, you know, new people in my life um, that were around me that made me realize that I don't have to look a certain way. I don't have to be that image that I have in my head because it's not realistic. Mm-hmm. And did you have people around you to help you during this time? Or was it really just you like trying to deal with it on your own? It was, like I said before, it was very internalized. So I think that my friends knew, people knew that I was working out too much, but my excuse was that, you know, it's an outlet for me. Like, it makes me feel good. Like, leave me alone. And there's really nothing you can say. You know, I had to learn for myself. And eventually I did, but it just took a while to get there. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of people think that body shaming only comes when people are overweight or fat. Mm -hmm. But body shaming also includes, you know, people who are skinny. And I bet you probably got a lot of hate comments and yeah. bullying about a lot of love being though. skinny. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a weird thing because obviously with social media comes seeking for validation, right? Your whole life becomes not even thriving off that validation, but you're living off that validation because you need everyone to like you or else you don't have a job anymore. Mm-hmm. So... I feel like it was it was weird for me because I almost liked it when people said I was too skinny. Like because that's what I wanted. Obviously that that's not for everyone, but at that time if someone was like she's too skinny, I was like, "Yes, she's too skinny because that's what I wanted to hear." Mm-hmm. And you know, for me and even if my friends told me like in a day, even now, and I still have this, you know, thing where if one of my friends goes you look so skinny today and I don't think so I'm like no don't even don't lie to me I don't want to hear it but that comes with you know what I've been through but I do think that it goes both ways and you know body shaming as a whole you know some people can't help it that they're skinny some people can't help it that they're overweight I had a friend in school who she had um 
she had a health problem where she, no matter how healthy she was, she just, you know, mm -hmm. couldn't lose weight. And you, I think the point is that you never really know what is actually happening with someone. And that's why I, I really try never to comment on anyone's physical appearance because it's just you never know and you never know what someone's insecurities are or what they're going through or what their eating habits are or their health issues you just never know yeah i completely agree right you think something's a compliment but i mean it could be like the worst time of their life for them exactly right yeah how are you doing now i mean are you are you better are you still still kind of struggle with it or you know yeah so i think i'm definitely better there was a point in time where if I wasn't up by 6 a.m. and I hadn't gone to the gym by 8 a.m., mm -hmm. that I just, I felt like that day was ruined and I hated myself for it. I'm definitely more lenient with myself now, but it's all about finding that balance between, you know, working and working hard and overworking mm. and knowing where those limits are. So, you know, I'm not afraid to take a day off now and I'm not afraid to eat a pizza but there's definitely a balance. And, you know, it's hard because, say, I have a, a photo shoot coming up. There are those tendencies in the back of my head that are like, don't eat, don't eat, don't eat. But I've learned now that, you know, by not eating, I'm slowing down my metabolism. And it's not, you know, obtainable. It's not sustainable. Mm -hmm. So there's always going to be that struggle, I think. And your mental health, how have you struggled with mental illness, anxiety, depression, any of that? I think that social media really takes a toll on those mm -hmm. things. And I don't I never want to self-diagnose. You know what I mean? Right. I never want to be like, I'm this and I'm that because there are people who really struggle. And I think for me, it's my own personal battle has definitely been socially. Um you know, obviously I, I get sad sometimes and I, I kind of overthink things, but where I've really struggled the most is socially. So I really don't have any friends. I don't go out of my way to make friends and I don't want to make friends because I feel like I've had my trust broken so many times that I just, I have my circle and that's where I like to keep it. But recently it's gotten to the point where like, you know, I don't want to go to this party and I don't want to go to this thing and I really don't want to see anyone, which can be hard, but I think it's because I just have a hard time, you know, talking trusting. to people and trusting people right. because I'm a very open person. So when I get to know someone, I want to tell you everything about me, mm -hmm. but you can't always trust that those people are going to, you know, actually yeah. want to be friends with exactly. You, right? And it's, that's another thing. I never know if someone actually wants to be my friend or if they're trying to get ahead. You never really know. And it's hard to find those few people that really care. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's always been a problem for me. But, yeah, right. <laughs> it's yeah, still no. something that I struggle with. Yeah, no, like I, I relate to that. Sometimes I, I have a hard time trusting people as well because it's like maybe you want to use me to get ahead or something, right? Right. Um, and I wanted to ask you, you know, since you have – have you ever met someone that's like, oh, I really want to be your friend, but I just can't open myself up to you? Or maybe you have someone that um, you were friends with and then you realized they don't actually want to be friends. They're just trying to use me to get ahead. Yeah, that's happened to me so many times. There are people who I 
considered to be my best friend for years and then something big happens for them and they don't really want to be my friend anymore because I'm not cool anymore Mm. um, because they got what they wanted. And it's hard to realize in the moment because you just think, wow, this person's such a good friend. And then it kind of, you know, slaps you across the face and it's like, oh, I get it now. Mm -hmm. So you never really know people's intentions. And I think that I've really closed myself off, which is which is not a great thing because I also feel like you have to experience things. You never know until you try. You never know if someone's going to be, you know, a good person or a bad person mm-hmm. until you find out for yourself. But I found that it's just easier for me to do my own thing. And that's also something that comes up on social media a lot that people ask questions about. They're like, oh, you know, <laughs> why does Lauren ever go to this? Why doesn't Lauren ever hang out with these people? And they're like, oh, it's because no one likes her and whatever. That's not the case. I mean, maybe no one likes me. I don't know. And I don't really yeah. care. But for me, it's just I am really bad with communication. When people reach out to me, I will answer in my head and I will never say anything and you will never hear from me. And that's something that I definitely have to work on. But it's definitely something that's, you know, built up over the years to where mm-hmm. I just keep to myself and don't really lie to let a peop- lot, let a lot of people in. But, mm-hmm. yeah, right. I mean, the people that I do let in are, like, my family. Mm-hmm. So that's just kind of the way that I live. <laughs> do you live alone? I do. Oh, you do? Yeah. Oh, that must be so tough. Yeah, I mean, it's okay because I, I have friends that come over all the time okay. and... I have my dog, and I'm honestly never really home. Mm, I'm right. around. I'm doing things all day, and I'm about to be 18. Um, I haven't been on my own for long, but I just prefer my own company. Are you an introvert part. or an extrovert? It depends on the situation. Oh, really? I think. Um, I think when it comes to meeting new people, pretty introverted. I'm. I have an extroverted personality, so I can be really fun and friendly, but introverted when it comes to letting people in Mm. and like on a deeper level i think i'm pretty introverted but externally i'm pretty extroverted it's interesting yeah i mean i feel like my online personality is like what most people see Mm -hmm. and then there's like me not on camera not in public who you know right yeah like i want to ask you about that how do you think people see your online personality Like, who's the lowering gray of the internet versus who you really are? I, this is another thing that I was just talking about. I know what people think of me before I even walk into a room. I know what I look like. And I know that if I saw me, I'd be like, oh, my God, another one of these. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Because, I mean, even just based on appearance, I, I know what I look like. I don't look like the nicest girl. I don't look like someone who, you know has a heart and a soul and can be compassionate it's just that's just the way it is and it's taken a lot of work for me to kind of make people realize that I do care and I I do feel things because by just looking at me you wouldn't no that's funny because like I was I was like going great okay so I was like okay who is she you know and like I was looking at your TikToks and you seem like, you know, such a baddie, you know, so, so, so like <laughs> yeah. confident and bad and so, you know, like this presence. Yeah. I'm like, oh no, I'm, I was nervous. Like, what if she's mean? But but then like I meet you and like I was looking at like videos of you, like you're so nice, caring, sweet. And it was just so like 
it just makes you think, you know, this is the real person and that's not actually them. Yeah. And it's, it's actually really, it's harder than you think to make people see you as genuine because, mm -hmm. you know, I was just talking about this yesterday. Again, my friend and I were in the car and there was this little old woman that was crossing the street and my friend was like, oh my gosh, she's so cute. She's so sweet. Someone beeped at her and she was like, don't beep at her. She's so sweet. And I'm sitting here thinking, you never know what a person's like. You just thought that based on the way she looks, she could mm -hmm. be a serial killer. That's but true. based on the way she looks, you're mm -hmm. like, oh, she's so cute. When people see me on the street based on the way that I look, it's the opposite. It's like, oh my gosh, she's a bitch. Right. I know for a fact. Mm -hmm. I could just be standing there. I could be just be ordering my food and breathing and look at, looking at my phone. Mm -hmm. And they're like, I hate her. I just hate the way that you are. And I've never been one to carry myself differently because of the way that people view me. I feel like despite everything, I'm usually pretty confident in mm -hmm. myself and I can, you know, carry myself while in a room and, you know, but that's not what people want to see. And then you have someone who's super like edgy and different and, you know, cool. And those are the people that they relate to. Mm -hmm. But... It's taken a lot for me to get people to relate to me as a person. Because um, I know not everyone's going to relate to me based on my appearance. That's just the fact. Like, right. yeah. that's not what I want people to follow me for. Even though that's what it started out as, that's not what I want it to be. And I feel like that's why I'm so interested in music is because it's such a expressive mm -hmm. thing. You know, people listen to music for the feeling, for the emotion to relate to. And I feel like if I can use my voice in that way... To express myself, it's it's going to be a different feeling. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. So do you let the negativity and the hate affect you from the internet? Um, I think I used to. Mm -hmm. It used to really bother me. Really? Because you have to think I was kind of thrown into all this, even though... I didn't have the best time in school either. I wasn't really used to it on such a large scale. Mm-hmm. So when the internet hits, it's different because once one person says, it takes one person to say something, not everyone says it. If one person says you're canceled, the whole internet says you're canceled. Yeah. And it, it might not even be true what they're saying. You know what I mean? People just make assumptions, but I don't really look into it anymore. I actually spend a lot less time on my phone now. Mm -hmm. I kind of do what I have to do and then I get off because... It's such a time waster for me, and it's such a a downer sometimes right. because everyone's always going to have something to say. You know, they don't like the way that your face is a little bit unsymmetrical, or they don't like the way that your outfit looks today. Smallest things. The yeah. littlest things. But it's taken a lot for me to realize that people only speak when they're insecure. And I tried to explain this to another girl who's... You know, she's got a social media presence and she really lets it get to her. And I was talking to her the other day and I was like, I wish someone would have said this to me. You have the upper hand. The only reason anyone's saying anything is because they want to be where you are. They want to be who you are and they want to have people love you like like you do. You know, people love you so much and that bothers them because they're, they must not be feeling that same love. Mm -hmm. And it took a lot for me to realize you know, even up until saying it to someone else, I feel like saying it to someone else made me realize I should think that way. Take my own advice. Mm -hmm. 
you know, I'm really good at preaching, but it's sometimes hard to like, you got to practice it. You got to build it over time. Yeah, exactly. But I do think that, you know, especially in the past six months since, you know, my October downward spiral, I just don't really care as much anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, I post what I want to post when I want to post. Obviously, I I want to make content for the people that follow me because they love me and I love Mm -hmm. them. But there comes a time where you have to put your, your, mental health first so you can put your best foot forward Mm -hmm. and I also think that a lot of what I was living two years ago wasn't genuine people might have loved what I was doing and I was so skinny and xyz but I was not being honest Mm -hmm. and I would post a picture of me eating like a sandwich or something but I'd take a bite out of it you know what I mean it's it's not genuine so I feel like that's People will be like, how do you eat all this and stay so skinny? Well, I'm not. Like, I'm not eating it. I'm chewing it up and spitting it out. That's the reality. Yeah. And it's, I feel like I only post now when I feel like something is true and genuine and in the moment. Because if it's not, then it's not me. Mm -hmm. And it's not worth people seeing. Right. Mm -hmm. What's it like being in a spotlight all the time? I don't really feel like I'm in the spotlight Mm. until I see... Until I go to Italy and there's, you know, a hundred people waiting outside for me to finish my food. And I didn't even post about it. And they just happen to see me through the window and are waiting. You don't realize it until you see in person. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's why I'm so, you know, able to keep myself outside of it. Like, not really think about it as much because I don't see it every day. You see the comments and you see the likes, but that doesn't really mean anything. Those just become numbers after a, after a while. Mm-hmm. If you heard some of the conversations that these kids have about likes and followers, and I used to be one of those kids. And I also feel like that's another reason why I can't really be a part of everything because everyone's so wrapped up in how many likes. If I post this picture with this person, this is going to get X amount of likes and I don't even like them. But I know it's going to get me engagement and Mm -hmm. I know I'm going to gain 50,000 followers tonight. And that's just not the way that I personally want to live my life. Mm -hmm. I was in a car with some kid I just met and I've never heard someone be so spiteful um about other people that he really didn't know just based off of their social media and their numbers and this and that and they're irrelevant and they're falling off like you don't even know that's a person Mm -hmm. because when you get to a certain level it's not even like it's a it's not even a person anymore that's a number that's a stepping stone and that's a tool that you can use to get ahead and I just don't agree with that way of thinking. And I see it so often and it's so sad because everyone, you know, a lot of influencers are really young Mm -hmm. and it's just the way it is. Yeah, I think a lot of them start out that way and they just kind of grow up and mature. And the fact that you're, you started out young, that helped you mature. Now you're at the point where most influencers are starting out. You're already past that and past that phase. Yeah. And I mean, there's so many, there's so many times where there's like a group of kids and they're like, oh, why don't why don't you hang out with these people? Mm-hmm. Because I've never made a genuine connection with those people. So me going over to their house and making content with them, like we're best friends, it's not real to me. I'm not going to wriggle my way into their group, like slide on in there right, so that right. I can gain a couple hundred followers. It's not worth it to me because I don't know you and we don't have a connection. And I just have never wanted to use people the way that I was. Mm-hmm. Is there one thing that you really wish the world knew about you about me yeah um i guess it's just that i 
I care about other people and that I do have empathy and I do have feelings and I do read things and see things and not even just me, but everyone does. And I feel like I've preached this so many times, but I guess the moral of the story is think before you speak. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people say things without thinking about the person on the other end. And that's a real person. Even if you're not saying it to their face, it's still there and they still see it and they still feel it. And you're still putting that energy into the world. Mm-hmm. Why put that energy into right. the world? Mm-hmm. I'll never get that. Because karma will bite you in the ass. Yes, it will. Yeah. It will yes, goes it around, will. comes around. And, exactly. and it's true. When I was... I remember I was so bitter and, you know, everything when I was young and I said things that were awful about people and it came around and when it came around, it hit me hard Mm -hmm. and I got what I deserved and it taught me a real big lesson. But I think that what I've learned is just don't put that energy out there. Be nice. If you don't have anything nice to say, then don't say anything. Just mind your own business. Exactly. Because you never know what someone's going through. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. Okay. Well, is that all the time we have? I think so. That's a pretty good conversation with Lauren Gray, honestly. Awesome. Such a kind person. If you don't follow her, I mean, what are your ads, (laughs) I guess? (laughs) Um, I don't even know. My Instagram's Lauren. I think my TikTok is Lauren Gray. Mm -hmm. And my Twitter is... What's my Twitter? I am Lauren Gray. I am Lauren Gray. All right. Well, thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Thank you. It was great. Thanks.